This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Tuesday, March 13th. I'm Chris Hardy. Today, we have a very special episode for you. We'll hear from Oscar award-winning filmmaker Steven Soderbergh on his new iPhone shot film, Unsane. But first, the headlines. Trump administration endorsed a plan to train teachers and school staff in firearm use and to bolster background checks on buyers more generally. But it appears they've backed off Trump's earlier call to raise the age for buying certain types of guns from 18 to 21. A White House official said the idea of age restrictions was, quote, a state-based discussion right now. On Sunday, French nationalist leader Marine Le Pen announced a rebrand of her party a bid to strip the National Front of its anti-Semitic associations and push it into the mainstream. Le Pen said that the party's current name was, quote, associated with an epic and glorious history, which no one should deny, but then added that the problem is that the party name acts as a psychological barrier for many French people. And Elon Musk, founder and CEO of SpaceX, among many other things, revealed that his company is aiming to send its first interplanetary ship to Mars, and bring it back to Earth early next year. Speaking at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, Musk said that the proposed spaceship has been codenamed BFR, which stands for Big Fucking Rocket. And now, here's the news you won't get anywhere else. Steven Soderbergh is an Oscar award-winning filmmaker, best known for box office hits like Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, and the Oceans Trilogy but he's also tackled independent and more experimental projects. Now, over 30 years into his career, he continues to take artistic risks and finds new ways to tell stories. Most recently, his forthcoming film, a psychological thriller called Unsane, was shot on an iPhone in 4K. It comes to theaters on March 23rd. Here's Vice Culture writer Larry Fitzmaurice speaking with Steven Soderbergh on the project. This episode was created with Unsane. First of all, I got to see Unsane yesterday. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was really, really interesting. kind of want to start with the question I think a lot of people are going to ask you about this, which is deciding to shoot with, with an iPhone for this film. You know, I think this was inevitable in my case, you know, watching this technology advance over the years and um, trying to imagine a project in which I felt this would be a benefit as opposed to a sort of compromise. And about a year ago, this project began its its journey to the screen. And I thought, this is really something that fits with technology that allows for the kind of flexibility and speed that that I'm interested in, that I'm always interested in. I'm always looking for ways to strip the process down to its absolute essence. And that includes everything from crew size to my own process creatively in terms of filtering uh, good ideas from bad ideas to the size of the capture device. It's probably clear that I'm I'm sort of looking at all aspects of of the process and trying to find ways to either improve on what's been done before or just try something different right i did want to ask you as well given your extensive familiarity with the iphone with this film do you remember the first time you ever used an iphone or touched an iphone 
When did I have an iPhone? Uh, the first one I got would have been the 5. Until then, I had a, a pretty old-school phone that had a keypad that you could type in that I really liked a lot. I liked the tactile aspect of it, but it was not able to do a lot of things. And I'm not somebody who uses my phone for much more than than texting and talking on the phone. I, I don't take advantage, I guess. Uh, these are very, very powerful devices that we have in our hands now. It's almost unthinkable. You have more technology in your hand right now than they had when they put somebody on the moon, yeah. literally, in 1969. So I'm constantly aware of, of how incredible it is. But you don't play Candy Crush or anything? No, no, I haven't yet. But gifts I'm enjoying a lot. There are very, very few circumstances where you can't find a really good gift to respond mm. uh, to somebody. So I'm, I'm, I'm big into those. You have to ask yourself all the time, like, well, what is all this technology really mm. in aid of? In the case of something like Unsane, though, this is, a, this is a very tangible, positive development, in my view, as a filmmaker, you know, where, where this nexus point of accessibility and quality have finally intersected where somebody going to see Unsane who has no idea of its backstory would have no sense that like that was shot on a phone. It's not part of the conceit of the film. It's it's only advantage to a viewer is probably looking at it and going, wow, he's able to get the camera in some really interesting places. And for me, that's, that's a significant thing. And for a film that is made under such modern constraints. The story itself is something that could be slotted into any era. It kind of has a very universal application temporally. And I'm kind of curious to hear you talk about working in genre like this and as well kind of thinking about was there anything that you guys wanted to do with this story while kind of putting this film together where it was like mm, this might be taking the viewer out if it's too modern because i mean stalking can happen regardless of whether or not you have an iphone basically absolutely i mean one of the things that i liked about the script when it showed up was that it it had some roots in a cultural space that that kept it from being completely disposable look I'm a big fan of genre films. I think they're fantastic delivery systems for ideas that often are very difficult to confront directly. And the genre gives you this sort of connective tissue to an audience that's pleasurable and and can be as subtle or unsubtle as you want it to be. And I like the, that Unsane had this conversation going on underneath the the plot about stalking, power dynamics, gender dynamics, subjectivity of experience, what's going on with our healthcare system, how easy it would be for somebody to find themselves in this situation. I mean, very, very easy. How often do you sign stuff that you haven't read? I do it all the time. So, you know, I like that, I like that it wasn't something that literally was left behind in the theater when you walked out. You know, one thing genre films are a good vessel for is social commentary. That's 
been throughout film's history. So I'm kind of interested to hear you talk a little bit about the social currents underneath this film and, you know, what made you and writing team to invested in kind of exploring that through this psychological thriller lens? Well, there's um, a conversation happening right now about what's true and how we are going to define what's true going forward. And in this context, you have someone who is is in the aftermath of a, a life-altering experience and she's having difficulty sort of establishing a new equilibrium for herself and then gets caught up in a system in which her veracity is being challenged pretty continually and there are there are forces that sort of drain in the opposite direction of what she wants and I think that's something that we've all experienced at one point or another. The frustration of not being able to get people to understand what you're saying or to believe what you're saying or having a take on an experience that is shared that is different from what the other people who shared that experience are saying. So I think all of those things, like I said, percolating inside of this this sort of very simple genre thriller plot just make it make it more fun to watch and and harder to dismiss without giving too much away for our listeners i mean unsane is basically about a, a woman in trouble and there are so many roadblocks that this protagonist faces that i don't think you could apply to a to a film that would have a man as a protagonist and I'm kind of curious to hear you talk about the role of of women as protagonists in thrillers and if there was anything you guys tried to avoid in terms of clashing with cliche or kind of subverting it. Well, you know, the, the battle against cliche is, is uh, ongoing and never-ending. And you have to... You have to consider in a certain circumstance, especially when we're dealing with genre and a genre that has certain tropes how often do you kind of honor those? And then how can you invert them? People have a certain expectation going in. Is there a way to satisfy it and surprise them at the same time? Certainly, it's been my feeling that when you have a female protagonist, you've you've automatically cranked up the intensity of the situation because everything is harder for them. The world is run primarily by men and designed primarily by men. And so they have to navigate the world in a way that men, for the most part, don't have to consider. And in this context, it's 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 really, really multiplied. And the feeling of powerlessness, which is central to the movie, is is really made front and center whereas if Sawyer is a man your response to the situation is very very different and not as probably not as empathic I do think that this film shares something in common with Logan Lucky too and that both films to me seem to be about people who are trying to move on from hardships in their life and make their lives better 
and the difficulties they face in achieving that. And that's something that you've focused on through many of your films. What draws you to that very specific human element of growth? Yeah, I guess if you look at the things I've done, one of the one of the things that connects them would be characters who feel through sheer force of will that they can make the universe kind of conform to their idea of it. It rarely works. There's probably some cheesy analogy to be made with people who create. You know, the act of creation is is partially a desire to to contribute something to the world that will make the world different in some way and partially a way of just connecting and trying to bridge the the gap that exists between all of us you know telling stories is 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 all we have ultimately to try and bridge that gap yeah, I kind of think of this movie as a math problem a little bit in that in school when they used to say you have to show your work and work backwards. And there's many points in this movie that kind of subvert the trope of like, you know, older thrillers and horror films where people are like, you know, if only they had a phone that this movie would be 15 minutes long. And this movie, without giving too much away, does a really good job of pointing out kind of like, here's where things can go wrong despite your best intentions. That's something you've done in quite a few of, of your films, I think, too. Well, I think it's, you know, when you talk about math, I mean, I think you should try and have the arithmetic of your narrative add up and, like you said, kind of be willing to show your work. I think the the writers did a, a great job of setting up a scenario step by step in which you think something that superficially, if somebody described to you, um, in a matter of this many hours you will end up in a situation in which these things are possible and these other things are impossible, you know. And you would go, what, today? How? How would that possibly happen, that I would be in that situation in less than 24 hours? And they do a really good job of showing you, if you take a certain kind of person and put them into this situation, the reality right now is this is totally plausible. That's something that films do really well, you know, because of the sensory aspect of a movie. Their ability to transport you is significant. I think there's been kind of this collective American antagonism rising up against the healthcare industry over the last 15 years or so. This is definitely a film that kind of almost is satisfying to watch in that it kind of confirms some of people's worst suspicions about the healthcare industry to a very extreme degree. And I'm kind of curious as to, you know, if you have any perspective that you wanted to filter into this film uh, about the about the industry. I, like a lot of people, don't understand why this is so hard to figure out in that most people want it and most people would be willing to sacrifice certain things in order to get a system that works for a lot of people. And there are countries that have figured this out. Why it hasn't happened or why it's so difficult in this country comes down to who benefits from it not 
either being there at all or who benefits from it not being very efficient and costing a lot of money. But again, this is a sort of philosophical issue that we see in many other areas apart from healthcare. The idea of the collective doing something that benefits the collective versus personal liberty and personal choice. So I don't know what the solution is in this country, given the history of this country, given the current state of political discourse. I don't know how you get to a pure problem-solving space with the structure that we have and the, the power that money exerts over policy. So I don't know. Yeah, that's understandable. Kind of jumping off of problem solving for a bit, you know, you're somebody who over the course of your career has, for lack of a better term, seen it all in terms of kind of how the entertainment industry works and the various ways, you know, you can both bend it to your will and watch your best laid plans break in despite of it all. And I'm kind of curious as to, on a big picture scale, what are some of or even just one of the biggest roadblocks you see creative types facing for the future right now? Their own ego. That's the biggest obstacle of all for anybody. And in any in any context, if you look at any endeavor that went off the rails, you can usually trace it back to a combination of ego or hubris at some point, some critical point. That's that's really the enemy, I would say, more than more than any other of the obstacles that any artist has to confront. Your job is to adapt, you know. If 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 I can't seem to make anything that people want to see, I have two options there. I can say, well, everybody's wrong and I'm just going to keep doing it the way I'm doing it, at which point you end up doing nothing because nobody will give you any money to make anything. Or you look at what's going on and see if there's any version of this that you can meet halfway and make something that you like that you think other people will like. I view that as a very natural part of the process of of evolving as a filmmaker. You make these things so that people see them. Um, at the same time, it's a tricky line because you need a certain amount of confidence just to get through this. Filmmaking particularly, or making a TV show of a certain scale with certain elements involved, this is not for the faint of heart. You know, it can get very intense. It's a very pressurized situation, and you don't always see people at their best. But having said that, I still have the best job in the world. And so my, my goal is to going forward, continually analyze what I'm doing and what I've done and see where the new efficiencies are. Thank you so much for doing this, Stephen. I really appreciate it. To learn more about Steven Soderbergh, go to vice.com. Unsane will be in theaters March 23rd. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now.